another episode of the Cinemax Podcast, the show where we take different movies every episode and debate and rate them. We've got an end of year special now. Christmas is out of the way, which is depressing. Didn't get to talk about anywhere near enough Christmas movies for my liking because life got in the way and I almost died for a while there. Um, <laughs> well, I had the flu, so pretty much the same thing. Um, but we've got an end of year special this time. We've got two episodes um, catered towards the end of the year. Um, coming up the first one we're doing today is going to be looking at movies we've watched this year for the first time not movies that came out this year but ones that we've watched this year for the very first time um, and we've got a, our own list of top tens for that so that'll be exciting we're also going to share the actors directors and movies we watch most courtesy of letterboxd um, with our rankings on there give us the sponsor <laughs> yeah um, but first things first i might as well introduce us my name is cal i am one of your hosts um, and joining me as he does every episode is Mr. Nathan Hannah. First of all, Nathan, Hannah. Yeah. Ah, oh, God, I was doing so well. Yeah. First of all, how was your Christmas? Yeah, it was all right. It was a bit busy this year, so I didn't feel like we got to fully relax. Like our two days off were Christmas and Boxing Day, so then it was just straight back to work. So it just it just felt very busy. Not that I, I mean I love my job, you know that, but it just felt especially this time of year and. In what we do is very very busy but like what we had was good so that was good um i've got a new lightsaber so that's good i've got the dark saber from the mandalorian oh is so, that what it is i'm just about to ask what lightsaber is it the dark yeah, saber yeah. So i'm not going to complain about that one what about you did you have a good christmas other than yeah, dying? i only had two days myself but it was the opposite i had christmas eve and christmas day then i was back to work at 8 a.m on boxing day but yeah it was good we went up to see my family on christmas eve uh back home in filey spent the evening with them drove back christmas eve and then Christmas Day was just me and Eleanor for the first time. Just had a nice Christmas together. Watched some movies, played some games. She cooked Christmas dinner. It was it was good, yeah. And I got some great stuff, including this lovely picture here. This is fantastic. Um, but yeah, I, I had a good Christmas, yeah. It's, I think it went really quick this year, though. Like, yeah. how everything was. I feel like I didn't really get a chance to appreciate it. This, this one's kind of turned up and is, it feels like... Now it feels like it's not been Christmas for weeks. It just... Yeah. It, I don't know, it just felt, it's, it's felt very not here this year. But I think that's just because there's been so much on. Yeah, I agree. Um, one good thing about Christmas being over, though, for me personally, is it means I'm not just watching Christmas movies. I'm starting to watch other things again, because I've fallen so far behind. I've actually signed up for... Uh, um, me and Eleanor have got the cinema passes now, unlimited visit it, visits no. a month. We were, we're starting that up, so that's exciting. Nice. Um, I've got so many films that I haven't watched this year that... I really want to that I've already come out and some of them I've missed in the cinema now. So that's I know. And we like started. Have you watched Aquaman too? No. No, no, and I was tempted to watch it like because we're going to a friend's tomorrow for New Year's, and I was like, oh, maybe I'll watch it before we go there. I'll finish work and then I'll go watch that. And I, I don't want to end my year on that. If though, to be fair, <laughs> the last film I watched this year is Rebel Moon, and oh. <laughs> Yeah, I've heard uh, very, very mixed opinions on that online, but I've not seen it. Um, so uh, I might try and squeeze a film in tonight. Even though I'm not the I'll try and squeeze in a film tomorrow before I go out, just so I'm not ending on Aquaman, uh, on Rebel Moon, yeah. Yeah, it's probably a good idea. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we might as well crack on then, because we've got a lot to get through. Like I said in the intro, we've got our... 
our top 10 first time watches this year. So it's not movies that came out this year. It's movies we watched for the first time this year because... I, I, think, I, I said it to you and you was like, yeah, we don't, you don't really see a lot of that. Like I, try, I try and do the top 10 films I've seen for the first time because I just think it's, it's, a, it's fun and different. I try and do it every year because it highlights a lot of older films that, um, that I've definitely not seen before. But I said it to you and you said it would be a bit different and fun. So hopefully it is. Yeah, and I also feel like this year, I mean, I, I don't want to speak for you directly, but for me, I've definitely watched more movies than I have like any other year. And I think a large part of that is doing like doing the podcast and stuff. Yeah, so I was about to say, I feel quite a bit of the films on my list are from doing this. So it's, uh, it's been good doing this because you've made me watch films that are good and you've made me watch films that are bad. I, <laughs> yeah. can, tell you, I can tell you right now, Nightmare on Elm Street 3 is not on this fucking list. Well, the actor that played King Kid, I imagine, will be your most watched actor, so it's fine. Oh, of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. I couldn't even tell you his name, bless him. But, um, <laughs> yeah, so we'll get started then. Like I said, it's movies that have come out before 2023, but we watched them for the first time this year. I want, Before we get started, I wanted to quickly ask you this, but I haven't put any on. But would you count movies that technically came out in America in 2022, but we only got in 2023? No, if they, if they were released in 2023 in the UK, I've counted that as 2023. Okay, yeah, because I've missed stuff like Babylon and The Fablemans and I like films that I really, really enjoyed and probably would have been on my list otherwise, but I thought the same thing, like, because uh, I watched them in the cinema this year, it felt a bit cheating, so I've left them off. Um, but yeah, we'll get started then. Do you want to go first or shall I? If I go first, then I get to take my number one first, so yeah. Go on then. <laughs> I went with a film that we did in our horror month at number 10 and to say that this is at number 10 means that the rest of the films I really fucking enjoyed because I really like this movie go back and watch that episode uh, it's The Fly at number 10 I really really like The Fly really really liked it um, Jeff Goldblum spot on the, the effect spot on still don't still can't I, I need to go and watch some behind the scenes or I might just live in the magic Still don't know how he crawls on the ceiling, then stands up and walks down the wall all in one shot. What a fucking, what a fucking movie! Uh, really, really enjoyed the fly. I think it's going to be in my Halloween rotation or just yearly rotation now because really, really enjoyed it. I'm not going to watch the second one because I've heard from not great things. Yeah, I've heard terrible things about the second, so I haven't watched it either. But I really like the fly as well, uh, so it's a good shout. I'd obviously I watched it the year before for the first time, so it doesn't make my list unfortunately. But I feel like if I had watched it for the first time this year, it probably would have done because it is a fucking special movie. I'm actually, I'm actually gonna make a note every time I say them, um, ones that I've watched because of you, and we'll see how many out of ten films I've watched because of your recommendation. <laughs> Uh, that makes me feel bad because I don't think a single one of these is from what, uh, this podcast. <laughs> I don't know how many that we've watched that out for the first time for me. Looking back, I can't really think of many. What? Can you at least think of 10? No, I mean, like, the ones that we've done on the podcast, on the I can't podcast. think of 10 that... I, I can't think of any that I hadn't watched before. I mean, I suppose Barbie and Oppenheimer, but we did that. Oh, yeah. Special release, but other than that... I'm no, not... yeah, for me, I've watched, I've watched quite a few new ones because of, of this, so yeah. The Fly being one of them. Yeah, it's a special one. Uh, right, so I'll go next then with my number 10, which is a film called The Wrestler, starring Mickey Rourke. Oh, yeah, yeah. Came out in the mid-2000s. I mean, anyone who knows me, and you especially, 
having worked with me will know how big a fan of professional wrestling I am. Uh, so it's surprising it took me this long to watch it because the film is essentially about an aging professional wrestler who's well past his prime. He used to be like a huge star, and nowadays he's wrestling in front of like like tens of people. Whereas back in the day he was like a mega star making big money, and now he's wrestling in front of practically no one, but getting paid pennies while working part time jobs just because he's got the passion for it now. Um, and it's it's interesting because the story it reflects so well like certain wrestlers that I've watched over the years who, when they leave the big companies and you see them online, like wrestling the smaller like venues, it really reflects reflects that. And Rick Mickey Walter does such a good job of playing like the character. And this is nothing to do with like why I like the film, but when he first did it, there were talks about getting him to do a wrestling storyline, like coming off of it. And I wish they did, but he bottled it in the end. Um, but I think it's great. He's great. Marissa Tomei is fantastic. I've got such a crush on that woman anyway, but... She's uh, she's fantastic in that movie. Um, and it's it's quite sentimental, like he's the relationship he has with his um estranged daughter and just trying to better himself whilst coming to terms with the fact that he probably shouldn't be doing that job anymore due to like his health and stuff. It's just really well done. I I really like it. It's the same guy that did uh the whale, Darren Aronofsky. He's, yeah. I just really liked it. Um and I love pro wrestling, so there was no way this wasn't making my list. <laughs> I've not seen that one, but that's one that was on my list to watch this year and I just didn't get around to it. But I've heard nothing but good stuff about it. And I now refuse to watch it because it would, I would class that as a recommendation from you. <laughs> yeah, I, I recommended it to most people that I've spoke to, especially like wrestling fans, because it does capture the essence of the business so well. Mm. Um, but I think it doesn't. you don't have to be a wrestling fan necessarily to like it. Speaking of which, the fucking Iron Claw, have you seen the trailer? I've seen it. I really want to watch it. It looks unbelievable. I am so excited for that film. That's not... Oh. I'm devastated it came out in America already. And we have yeah. to wait until, like, February, March. I'll watch it. I'll come watch it if you want to watch it. It looks sick. I'm all for it. Um, but, yeah, that's my number 10. So, what's your number nine? And my number nine is a film that we watched together. And uh, it passed me by when it came out. So, I'm like, I'm not fucking watching a... Uh, a f- a film about a fucking music star with Lady Gaga. Number <laughs> nine genuinely is a star is a star is born. I fucking loved that film when we watched it. Like it's got some it's got some elements to it that hit really close to home. So I think that makes it makes me like it a lot more. Um but I everybody I think for me everybody goes on about Lady Gaga's part in it and I get it that's a big breakout moment and I think I was probably trying to be too cool not to watch it. But it's Bradley Cooper's songs in the film and his story that really, really gravitates me to that to that film. And I really, I really, really enjoyed it. Got a lump in my throat. I mean, I didn't full on cry like you did, but I got a lump. Oh, in my I throat. was in bits. I got no shame about it. <laughs> but it's just a beautifully made film, and it's it is a little like over the top in how it's showing. Actually, I don't really think it is, but it's, in some moments, it's a bit over the top. Like, oh, this is how quickly you can rise to stardom and how dramatic it can be. But it plays it so seriously and plays it so well that it just fucking works. All the music's phenomenal. Bradley Cooper is just amazing. I mean, it really was hard because we watched it so close to the release of Guardians of the Galaxy 3. So all I could hear was a drunk rocket. Um, But um, he plays it so well. And yes, Lady Gaga is amazing in that film. And she deserves the breakout role that she, like all these roles she's got from that. 
thought it really was Bradley Cooper's story for me that really sold it and genuinely, genuinely loved it and thought it'd be one of those films that we watched and I'd be like, oh yeah, that was all right. But coming off the end of it, I was astounded uh, listening to the soundtrack constantly, you know, really, really got into it. So yeah, The Star is Born, number nine. That was a, That's probably on this whole list the one that shocked me how much I liked it the most. Yeah, that is a that is a, a good film. I watched that when it first came out in the cinema, but then I hadn't watched it again until we watched it. So it almost felt like a first time watch could have been so long. And what I think what works for it as well is the songs are so good. Yeah. Like sometimes with films like that, they can do the songs and it, and you can you're thinking, how the fuck are these guys famous if this is what they're singing? But yeah. well, every song in it, even opening up with the the Bradley Cooper one at the beginning, and his voice, like who the fuck knew he could sing? Like it's crazy. Um, yeah, really good. And he's like, like you said, who, who, like when you sometimes when you watch films, you think who the fuck would listen to this? But like when he sings as a country star, you genuinely could believe it. Like I, I played one of, I was playing one of his songs in my car when my brother-in-law was in the car when we were going to the gym. <laughs> I know, and uh, he was like, was this? he's a big country fan. Who, who's, that? who's this? And I was like, oh, it's Bradley Cooper. He's like, oh, I don't know him. I was like, yeah, no, the actor. <laughs> It's crazy. Uh, I think it's my favourite role of his so far. I haven't seen Maestro yet, which a yeah. lot of people are saying good things about, but I definitely think Star is Born is probably my favourite performance from him. Um, but yeah, it's a good film. It's a very good film. So my number nine is Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol. Nice. Because I hadn't watched a single Mission Impossible film to this year. Not one. I, uh, I started in January in preparation for... The newest one and I made my way through them all and Ghost Protocol was my favourite one and they're all I mean they're all good I think apart from two two is was pretty average Ghost Protocol the first Jeremy Renner one is that Dubai yeah the one where he climbs the Burj Khalifa yeah, yeah. I think it's fucking I mean that on its own is where you've mentioned like it's the, the it's, it feels like the first one where they really take things to another level mm. um they I mean not that I want to say this to you, but the inclusion of Jeremy Renner, I think, really helps it. I think he's really good. I love that I'm wearing my Hawkeye t-shirt right now. <laughs> I think he's really good in it. And I think, like I said, the, the stunts, um, they just seem to take everything to another level from what we'd seen before. And obviously from there, it's continued to increase with each one. And that's what they've become known for. But that yeah. fourth one felt like the first one where the stunts were part of the like the marketing. And the yeah. stuff with the Burj Khalifa and... Um, Simon Pegg's character and having them all work together, I I, I think it was great. I really, really enjoyed that one. Um, it's It might not be the best in terms of what a lot of people do, because I know Fallout obviously gets the majority of the love, but in terms of my favourite, there's Ghost Protocol's uh, the best one Ghost for me. Ghost Protocol's great. I think Fallout is my... Like, I love all the Mission Impossibles to the point where like I've seen them a fair few times. Fallout is definitely my favourite, but Ghost Protocol is great for the all the Jeremy Renner stuff. Um, I only watch it for him, really. Uh, only joking. It, after three, three kind of made it super serious. And then four was like, no, let's just have fun again. And while still like taking ourselves a little bit seriously. So I think that's what kind of like differentiates it from all these other kind of like Kingsman and stuff like that. But no, Ghost Protocol, good shout. It's just a good franchise. Like, um, I, I don't know why I'd never watch one. I mean, I mean, I do, because like I said to you, until last year, I had this weird thing where I thought Tom Cruise was a bad actor, despite never watching him in anything. And then I, I watched Top Gun Maverick last year, and I was like, this guy's actually good. And now I've watched so many of his films, and I think he's one of the best actors in the world. So it's surprising that... 
I used to think that. I used to think that. I used to think I only like him in Mission Impossible. I'd never seen Top Gun until a couple of weeks before Maverick. So I was like, I only like him in Mission Impossible. I had this thing where I was like, no, no, I hate him. Probably because of all the Scientology stuff. Yeah, and I then- think I think that is it. I think his his off-screen antics are what put me off and convinced me I didn't, I wasn't a fan. And then you actually watch him on screen. Like I've seen him in stuff like um, A Few Good Men and Rain Man, and he's actually just like incredible. Um, yeah. So yeah, I'm glad I've given the Mission Impossible franchise a chance. And in, I, I like his best role still Tropic Thunder, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it is. Um, but yeah, that's my number nine then. So what have you got at eight? My number eight is another cow recommendation that you made me watch. And to say again, to say this is number eight means that everything else I love loads because I this film was great and it's heat. Heat at eight. I know, like, makes me makes you wonder what's what's to fucking come. It Honestly, if the, next, if the next film's like some dog shit, you, I know you're gonna be like, give up with me. But no, Heat was great. It was it was a, a, the best way to describe it is like a quiet epic. Like it it isn't loud. It well, other than you know a few moments, but other than not, Al Pacino's entire role, other than Al Pacino and his entire role in a shootout, it's not that loud. Um, but it. It's just it just it feels epic without having like this grandiose scale. Everything seems really small and like under a magnifying glass constantly. It's got this tone to it that feels like really downbeat. Um, but you you're rooting. It's one of them rare films where you're rooting for the good guy and the bad guy, and the bad guy's a little a little good, and the good guy's a little bad. And I just really really enjoyed it. I mean, <clears throat> I'm not a big of an Al Pacino fan as you clearly. I thought his role was a bit over the top, but after I, after I looked at the the film through a lens of he's probably on cocaine, I'm like, oh yeah, I, I like that. Um, Robert De Niro though, phenomenal in that film. Like I've seen, I've not seen as many. Like I'm not into that kind of side of film as you are, but I've seen a fair few Robert De Niro films to say that this is probably one of my favourite roles of his that I've seen him in, um, other than Rocky and Bullwinkle. Um, <laughs> what about my grandpa, whatever it's called. Oh yeah, yeah, with um, Zach Efron. Zach Efron, yeah, um, the intern. Um, but no, really, really enjoyed it. Great crime thriller. I can understand why it's held in such high regard. Um, but in reality, it's on this list because of that fucking shootout. That is probably one of the best action scenes that does so little and gets away with so much. It's phenomenal. The, the way that somehow the volume increases on every gunshot just feels phenomenal and there's me first phenomenal in a while to be fair um but absolutely absolutely loved it and i'm definitely watching that one again that's not going to be a one and done kind of film i mean a bit long though you sorry a bit long though it is very long but i want six hours so i mean i I don't have to talk about how much i enjoy that movie i think i've made myself very clear on how much that film means to me um my favorite part of the movie is um you genuinely believe that he's changed enough that he's going to take her with him at the end this time, but it's not. It's just like, no, I've told you the rules. These are my rules. I'm not changing. And that's what's kind of his downfall kind of thing. So really love that. Yeah. Like you said, I love Al Pacino. Um, I love Robert De Niro. I've actually got a Robert De Niro film on this list uh, a bit further down. Um, And I do think I've watched so many films from both. And I do think this is one of my favorite performances from both. I don't think it's anywhere close to Pacino's best. Like, yeah. not when you've got like The Godfather and stuff like that. But I think it's one of my favorites just because he is like, he's playing like a coked up 
police officer with some incredible fucking lines. Like the she's got a great ass scene. It fucking That's kills me every time. It's the uh, one he takes the TV. I love it. Yeah, yeah, that's true. He says you can fucking shag his wife, but not not watch his television. I think he's great as uh, Vincent Hanna, but I do genuinely think this is one of De Niro's best roles. I think he plays it so like calm and subdued, but there's also that menacing side to him where he's a bit of a loose cannon at times, and I think it works really well. So, I mean, I've got nothing else to say. I love Heat so much. I could spend another. We've already done an episode on it, and I could talk to you now for two hours about how much I love Heat. <laughs> oh, this is quite a coincidence because Heat's your number eight, and my number eight is the film that we put against Heat, which is The Town, because I watched <laughs> that for the first time this year. Um, the Ben Affleck film that he directed, starring himself, uh, Jeremy Renner. It's very similar to Heat, which might be why I enjoy it so much, but I watched that, I think. Maybe I think it was September. It was the minute I watched it, I was like, "We need to do this versus Heat." Like, I want to talk about. I mean, I wanted to find an excuse to talk about Heat anyway. I wanted to find anything I could do against Heat, but this film was one that I thought I want to talk about, and I think it's brilliant. I think Affleck's incredible. I think Jeremy Renner's the standout. This is two Jeremy Renner films. What's that? Sorry, what's that? Sorry, I'm catering my list towards. You've got two Jeremy Renner films in a row. I didn't even think about this until this very second. What the fuck? Where's it got your third film's uh, Hurt Locker? Is it Hurt Locker? Is it? (laughs) No, I'll be honest. Spoilers side. This is the last Jeremy Renner film on my list, unfortunately. (laughs) Um, But he's great. I think John Hamm's great. I think every the entire cast is really good. I think, and the way they put a spin on the the bank robber story by having. Ben Affleck's character fall for the manager of the bank that they robbed and yeah. the ways, the different ways it all plays out in comparison to your traditional like heist movies. I think it was really well done. And I don't think Affleck gets enough credit for his work as a director. I think he's legit. He could be a better director than he is an actual movie star at this point because this Gone Girl, the, uh, the uh, Michael Jordan one they did this year, I think they're all incredible. So I think more he needs more respect because he gets a lot of disrespect, and I think Affleck's actually really good. So yeah, the town is a film that I'll definitely be rewatching. Yeah, I think if I had if we were doing a top eleven, town would be on there. Like town would be my number eleven. Are you gone? No, you froze for a sec. There, you, your screen froze for a sec. Uh, I was just saying that if I, if we were to do a top 11, Town would have been 11 on my list. So it just barely missed it off. But great movie, great movie. Yeah, the act, the scenes at the end, like um, in the baseball stadium, is it the Red Sox stadium? Yeah. Like, that shit's really fucking good. Yeah. Um, it's very ballsy to try something like that. Like, I love when films use, like, famous monuments for, like, their action set pieces like this did. I think it's always, like, quite ballsy, but I enjoyed it a lot. So, yeah, The Town is my number eight. Another win for Jeremy Renner. His last one. <laughs> Do you know what? I've got no Jeremy Renner on my list. I mean, that's two more than you probably expected on mine, to be fair. So Yeah, 100%, yeah. Uh, my number seven is a film that I didn't think I would like at all. It's, um, well, I don't know which one is it in the UK. Uh, Le Mans 66 or Ford versus Ferrari. Oh, yeah. Really, really enjoyed that movie, and I didn't expect to because I'm not a big like racing fan or don't know anything about it. Um, not really. Uh, it's not Star Wars, so how am I supposed to? But really, really enjoyed it. Just f- fucking great performances by Christian Bale and Matt Damon. Um, those two are just two massive powerhouses, and really, really made that film work. I was the the racing in it is like quite visceral and like it's almost. 
like angry and violent in in parts of the film which i really really like um but just the whole like creation of the car the fuck you kind of attitude the matt damon and uh, christian bell butting heads but also like getting it done uh, christian bell winning spirit like having like a spiritual win at the end and having like the uh the nod of approval from the enzo, is it enzo ferrari at the end uh just a really really good movie and it's one of them period pieces that genuinely feel like it's, it's set in like an older time but it doesn't feel that it still feels quite modern they kind of modernize it it feels really really good it's easy, easy to, and very easy to watch movie uh yeah Genuinely really love that movie, and I didn't expect to. I think actually, we'll I'll shout out um, Josh Mason on that one, the one who broke our podcast. Uh, he was the one who recommended that movie to me. So yeah, really, really good. Yeah, I think similar to Heat. I mean, the town for you. If I could have had a number eleven, I think this would have been mine because I watched this for the first time this year as well, and I thought it was fantastic. I love, I I, I love Matt Damon in almost anything he does, so he's always a joy to watch. But I think Christian Bale really fucking stole the show, and I think it was so well done. The racing scenes were incredible. Uh, my only issue is I wanted to Google how good a racer he was while I was watching it, and it came up like he died. Yeah, it came up like when, the year he died, and I was like, wait. This movie is called Le Mans 66. I was like, fuck. Yeah. See, <laughs> I, knew, I knew he died going in because somebody had mentioned it to me that the racer had died, but I didn't realise it was going to be in the film. I completely forgot. When I was watching, I completely forgot about it. So when he did at the end of the film, I was like, fuck. That's not a great happy ending, but it's it's such a like bittersweet happy ending. It's yeah, weird. It's I really enjoyed it. And I think any movie that's got John Burnfall in is just a good movie. For oh, me. yeah, John Burnfall's great in it. He's great in everything he does. So, yeah, I, I especially enjoyed him in this. Um, but, yeah, so my number seven is Invasion of the Body Snatchers. But the, the 1970s one, I think it is. Oh, right, okay. It's in the 1970s. Because nice. I watched the original from the 50s, like maybe last year or the year before, and I thought it was incredible. Uh, and I thought, I thought it was really, really good. And I know they'd remade it a few times. And I eventually watched the 1970s one this uh, earlier this year. And I was quite sceptical because the first one is regarded as like a sci-fi classic. But then they said the 70s one was even better and I wasn't sure how you could improve on it. But I watched it and I immediately saw why. Like, it's so good. It's like the paranoia, like, it's instilled, like, with not knowing who, who anyone, like, whether anyone around you is who they say they are anymore. And the way these, like pod people are slowly taking over people and like re replicating them with clones who essentially look exactly like them, sound like them, but they, they've just, they've, all the emotions gone. Um, and it's just the way they just, they walk around expressionless. It, it's so creepy. Um, Donald Sutherland's incredible. Jeff Goldblum is in it as well. He's really good. Uh, the guy that plays Spock, Leonard Nimoy, he's also in it and he's really good. Look, I know just, I'm a Star Wars fan, but I know who Lemon, Leonard Nimoy is. Yeah, but I said Spock because I couldn't remember his name and then it came to me that I was saying it. <laughs> um, but yeah, like the whole cast is great. And like from scene to scene, the way like you interact with a character and then you don't know if the next time you see them, whether they're going to be them or whether it's going to be like this replica. And it's so well done and so like creepy. Um, and there's also a really random cameo at the beginning from Robert Duvall, who... I think this was after The Godfather as well, so it's bizarre that in the very opening scene, you just see him dressed as a priest on a swing, and I don't know why, because it's never addressed and we never see him again. Like, what the fuck is happening? Um, but it's great. I, lo I love it so much, and the ending is so, so terrifying. Like, 
Um, talk, you talk about dark endings, and it doesn't get any darker than the ending to the, the invasion of the body snatchers. And I always appreciate when films have the bollocks to avoid the happy ending, and this film certainly does. Um, so, yeah, the 1970s version of Invasion of the Body Snatchers. I, still, I don't know if I prefer it to the 50s one, but I can see why a lot of people do. Um, so, yeah, that's my number seven. I've never seen it, but I, it's, again, one of those that I think I definitely would enjoy, but just never got around to watching it. Have you watched The Faculty? Oh, yes. I've got, if, you, if you want to... If you, look, if you don't want to save time, I'm happy to tell you a story about The Faculty. And a story? Yeah, story. So for years, up until either this year or last year, when did I watch it again? Either this year or last year. But for years, my entire life, ever since I watched it for the very first time as about when I was about 13, 14, I thought the faculty was the film I first saw boobs in, right? <laughs> so I went my entire life thinking the faculty that's got a good memory attached to it and then i watched it again this year and you can't even see it it's all covered up it's quite yeah, clear i think there's like who boobs do you see yeah but it's all clearly covered up she's the, and i was like well fuck so now i can't remember now i don't know what the first film is that's probably like do you know when people watch like the original text chainsaw massacre and they convince themselves afterwards they saw like the spike going into the woman when it's all left to the imagination that was yeah. you with boobs yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it no, yeah, I, love the, I love the faculty. They're remaking yeah. it, apparently. Oh, are they? Yeah. They should leave it alone. It was very 90s. Yeah. Very, very unless, 90s. Unless, unless it's like one of those legacy sequels and they bring Josh Hartnett back somewhere. Oh, yeah. Any more Josh Hartnett, I'm all fucking for it. You know, that's my guy. We talked about Oppenheimer enough. And Halloween H2O. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, essentially, Invasion of the Body Snatchers is like a more serious adult version of the faculty. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's great. So yeah, that's my number seven. So what's your number six? Well, actually, speaking of people that snatch people's bodies, an, honor- an honourable mention for my list that isn't on there would be The Thing as well. Because oh. I watched it for the first time this year, um, thanks to uh, you. And, uh, <laughs> that's a great film. That's well, that one yeah, but that one don't count because it's not on my list. So. Uh, but number six is another cow recommendation. And we this is probably the last film we watched together this year. So number six is Scarface, because I'd never seen that until this year. And fucking hell, what a movie. Hey, technically, technically, I don't know if that was my recommendation, because you were the one that asked me if I wanted to go to cinema. I don't know if I'd recommended it to you before. Fucking check off there, then. Yeah, you don't don't give me credit for that one. That was your idea. Yeah, I'd seen it before, but it was your idea. That reminds me, the last poster I got of Eleanor is a Scarface poster. Nice. Yeah. What like just what a movie like I can now wonder I've gone my entire life not avoiding it on purpose but like avoiding it uh, somehow just not watching it getting around to it but never getting like, actually watching it and it's worry is like number two on my list it's one of those and number five and number four and number three and number one uh, it's like one of them films where you're kind of afraid to watch it now because it surely can't live up to the hype. And before watching it, I think that day uh, a friend of mine had said, oh, I don't know if you're going to like it or not, because it can't. It's one of those films that you either really like or you just really can't get into. And quite luckily, I really fucking liked it. There's nothing about that film that I disliked. Everything about it I um, loved, specifically Michelle Pfeiffer. Um, Fuck, you know. She's great. Yeah, and it was great to finally um, 
watch a film, watch Scarface, and understand where everything from GTA Vice City came from. <laughs> yeah, it's still clear that Tommy Fassetti is just the biggest ripoff. <laughs> and that's two um, films on your lift that GTA have ripped off because they ripped off that mission from one of the later ones in Heat. Oh, in Heat, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but no, absolutely loved it. And I was like, all the film, all the way up, I'm like, I know it ends in a big shootout. Hopefully, this isn't the bit that disappoints me. And oh, fucking hell, did it not disappoint at all? It was phenomenal. I absolutely blew me away, absolute pun intended. Um, all the performances, even though it's like an older film, and older films tend to either have really good performances or really like off performances. Everybody was brilliant, but Pacino, like he, I would consider as uh, Robert De Niro's best role. Uh, but for me, Scarface would be out of all the Pacino films I've seen, it would be his. Now that I've seen it, I mean, I've not watched Godfather two, and I know that's sacrilegious to say to you. I'm so sorry. We'll have to do that in the new year somehow. Have you watched but, Godfather one? college and I fell asleep in the classroom yeah that's fucking blasphemous I'm a goodfellas guy what can I say um another fucking spectacular movie <laughs> um but no his role in Scarface absolutely deserved for that love and I was scared going in but I'm so glad I'm so glad we, we actually went to the cinema to watch it as well because it just made it so much fucking better yeah so. I watched Scarface for the first time I think do you remember a couple of years ago when I got COVID and I, I had like a month off work and I just like locked myself in the yeah. spare room. I locked myself in the spare room and I just started watching films that I've always wanted to watch but never really put me, like, because I had no excuse not to this time. And I watched Scarface then and I enjoyed it. Um, but watching it on the big screen, I enjoyed it so much more. And I do think um, this is one of Al Pacino's best roles. I think him as Tony Montana, he was made for that role. Like, he embodies it so well. Like, it's... It's strange to say because I think Michael Corleone in The Godfather is his best role. And there's, I mean, I don't think it's close, but I think when I think of Al Pacino, Tony Montana is the role that I think of. I think that's the one that he he felt so suited to. Like, it, yeah. it's crazy how well cast that was. I think he's incredible. But like you said, the entire cast is great. That like, that ending is fantastic. And if there's any, any, any way I want to die, it's having sniffed... Eight gram of coke and then just been blown to bits while I'm fucking with Tommy Gun. Like that is the best way to go. I think the only downside to that movie is the fucking stand-up comedian in the club and everybody's pissing themselves. I'm like, is shit. Yeah. Yeah, he was terrible. Different time. Um, cool. So my number six, this is probably gonna be blasphemous to certain people, mainly a certain Mr. Bernie, because my number six is a film I watched at the start of the year. Um, for the first time, and it is a good film, but it doesn't quite break into my top five, and that is Whiplash. Wow, what? Yeah, yeah, Whiplash. Um, I mean, the I fact really that it's in your top ten, you've watched a lot of films this year, the fact that it's in your top ten, it's... Yeah. Good. I've watched a lot of films, yeah. I've watched like 400 and something. Um, but I think this film is really, it's really, 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 like raised, like the bar's so raised for the incredible performances from Miles Teller and J.K. Simmons, like those two are just so, so good um, the filmmaking's incredible, the scenes with like the instruments and uh, especially the one where he's slapping him and he keeps like trying to get the time right, like it's all so well acted, it's so well written and it's so like like it fills you with dread, like, like I mean I've not ever had a teacher like that because Jesus Christ I probably wouldn't be walking if I had um, but like 
it reminds you of like certain people that you do know, like people you, you do like walk around on eggshells around that you don't want to upset in the slightest. Like I did have a, I had a boss like that years and years ago. And it was, it was like, years and years ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, this is when I was like 18 and like, this guy was, he wasn't always there, but when he was, it was like, shit, I can't do anything wrong. I can't do anything wrong. And like, so I, I really like resonated with Miles Teller's character on that sense. Like the the feeling is just dreadful, but I really like that the, the way the movie unfolds. And I like the ending when he appears to have changed and then it's like a one last got you like, nah, fuck you, we've changed it. Like it's so well done. And I think the music, I'm not really like into that sort of music personally, but I do think it's really, really like, effective and I, I even I was finding myself enjoying it I mean it's the same it's Damien Chazelle right so he did Babylon and you can you can hear this like the similarities in the scores there he's obviously got a very specific taste but J.K. Simmons is just on another level like he is that, but that that ending that ending performance of Caravan and it's done perfectly and it's so long <laughs> but just works so well. It's just, you're just watching somebody play the drums and another person gets stressed out and angry about it, but it's just so fucking good. It's the bit when he leans in to say, like, what the fuck are you doing or something, and he smashes the symbol and, like, and he has to kind of avoid it. Just, there's so much fucking tension between them. Like, I know we've taken the mick out of somebody that when we watched it together, that who didn't want to watch it with us because he said it, it'd make him too anxious. But it is an anxiety-inducing movie. Like, that's the point. I think that's the point of it. But it is such an anxious movie to watch. And watching him kind of do the big fuck you at the end is just so satisfying. Yeah. Yeah, and I think, I know, like we said, J.K. Simmons is incredible, but I don't think Miles Teller gets quite enough credit for his role. You just stop, stop right there. Just do that bit again, because that wasn't quite my tempo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like the scenes are like Marcel is like crying when he's doing it. Like he's it's really fucking good. And obviously, there was a few years there where he kind of fell off the deep end doing fan four stick, whatever the fuck it's called. And the like the romantic comedy he did with Zach Efron, which everyone hated. But it feels so satisfying now that he's back with um Top Gun Maverick. Like, yeah, it feels nice to see him come full circle. And now he's back doing the big stuff because he, he this performance is it's incredible. And I think it's overlooked because of how good J.K. Simmons was. So yeah, that was my number six, uh, Whiplash, which Bernie's probably pulling his hair out because I know how much he loves that film. What? Hair? <laughs> <laughs> oh dear! Right, top five, top five films for the first time this year. So I'm starting my top five off with a good strong one. And I can't believe I've not watched it until this year. But what a fucking film Gladiator is. Like, what a fucking film Gladiator. It, that is epic on a big fucking scale. Um, but also, like, really tender and emotional. Um, and oh, fucking Maximus's, like, journey, like, just wanting to die until he doesn't, and then he kind of fights back, but still ends up dying in the end. Like, it's such a fucking... It's such a fucking heartfelt journey and story that's played out as this grand, like, historical epic. And it just worked. Like, all, the, all of Jackie, uh, Joaquin Phoenix's bits, like, work, even though I don't particularly like him as an actor. Like, it work, they work really, really well. Um, the score is heartbreaking. It's probably the best way to fucking put it. The fights are brilliant. Um, every fight in every one of those coliseums is brilliant. Um, the twists and turns like kept me guessing it all the way through. And I, like, when it first started and we first watching it, um, I was like, "Am I? I don't know if I'm going to enjoy this. It's a bit kind of. I 
don't know, it just wasn't really for me. And then the more it went on, I was like, oh no, here we fucking go. Yes, this is the fucking film for me. Um, just absolutely loved it. And that's another, like, like every one in my top five, it's one of those where you go, is it going to be as good as it's always hyped up to be? Especially when, you know, somebody's constantly telling you it's fucking amazing because Russell Crowe's in it and they won't fucking shut up about it. Um, so finally watching it and being like, no, yeah, they were right. It's upsetting, but also like really gratifying. It's such a good movie. And that's one now that I'm like, right, I need to own it. Uh, I want to watch it again. Maybe I want to get it on 4K. Like, it's such a good movie. Yeah, I mean, if I can put Jeremy Renner in my list twice, you can admit that certain someone was right about this. I will say... I'm not really looking forward to the, the sequel. I don't really know why they're doing that, but um, I really like Gladiator as well. Yeah, it, it feels like one of them nice con- self-contained stories that you don't need a you don't need an ending. You don't need a, to follow it up, or you don't need to re- prequel or sequel. You don't need anything. It's I so mean, this movie's like 23 years old, so I feel like I'm not spoiling anything when I say this. But the two main characters both die before the end. So what's the fucking point? Yeah, we don't need another one. But this is a great film, and I've never been the biggest Russell Crowe fan. I can take him or leave him. Um, but I think this he's incredible in this. I think there's there's no denying he's incredible in this. So, yeah, I really enjoyed this film as well. And I think the action scenes are great. I think I'd watched it last year. Again, there's so many films on your list that I'd only watched for the first time one year before that I can't put on for that reason. Because I've only watched this twice. And one of them was last year. And then the, when we watched it together. So, yeah. um, I really enjoyed it though. So, it's definitely a, a good choice. Me too. And if it weren't for if it weren't for nice guys, I'd probably say that Gladiator is probably my favourite role he's been in. But unfortunately, nice guys does exist and nothing's ever gonna fucking top that. Mm. Have you ever watched um, LA Confidential? No, actually, no. That's a really good Russell Crowe film. I watched that for the first time this year, and that was like I wrote that down as I was making a list of like the really good ones, but it just missed out on me uh my final cut. I've got it on the side of my page here. He's got so, some honourable mentions. Yeah, but that's good. That's him and Val Kilmer. Um, who are both great. So, yeah, that's a great one. My number five is a very. It's very different to what everything I've said so far. It's quite. It's a different sort of movie, and that's um, Lady Bird by Greta Gerwig. All right. Yeah, yeah. Because earlier this year, I went through a stage where I watched a lot of like the the coming of age movies. I think I, I kickstarted with um, Licorice Pizza, and I was like. It, there's a, it's a certain type of film. When I was, as a teenager, it was one of my favourite genres, like especially like the John Hughes, nine, like the coming of age eighties teen movies that John Hughes wrote. But yeah. I watched a lot of like more recent ones earlier this year, like Licorice Pizza, um, Book Smart, The Spectacular Now, um, the oh, the one with Edge of Seventeen with Haley Steinfeld. But oh, yeah. out of them all, Lady Bird was definitely my favourite. I think it's so fucking good. I think. Greta Gerwig, I think it was her debut as a director. She's she does such a good job, and the writing's incredible as well. Um, Saoirse Ronan is a fantastic, fantastic actress, and she's great. In everything. I think she's insane in this movie. Like she's so good. Timothy Chalamet as like the up his own ass teenager that really wants to think he's like very pretentious and he thinks he's like really wise and stuff when actually he's just a dipshit teenager. It's so like funny the way that character is portrayed. Um, and the movie's just good. It's, it's a testament to a good coming of age movie that when I watch it, it reminds me of being like that age, like being like 16, 17 and not really knowing what's next, but also not giving a shit in a certain sense. Um, 
she has a difficult relationship with her mum, which I can't relate to because I'm a right mummy's boy, so that bit didn't land for me. But it's so well good. Speaking of the mum, though, it's um, Laurie Metcalf, who All right, yeah. we watched in Scream 2 as Billy Loomis's mum. So I think she just likes playing fucking mm. these bastard mothers. Um, but, yeah, she's really good in it as well. And I just, like I said, I watched so many different coming-of-age movies this year, but this is the one that stood out for me. So I wanted to just talk about it a little bit and I think Saoirse Ronan is another actress who it feels like she started off strongly and then slipped away a bit in the middle but hopefully there's some big roles in the future for her as well because I think she's really talented so yeah Lady Bird I think is fantastic and that's my number five I've not seen it that was one where in the lead up to Barbie I watched tried to watch her other films, uh, but just didn't get around to him. I did watch Little Women. Uh, She's incredible in that as well, Sir Ronan. Sorry. Yeah, Sir Ronan's in what I'm just. I was just. You just reminded me. I was going to do some honorable mentions before I mentioned number one, and I've already said a couple of them. But uh, Sir Ronan's in two of my uh, honorable mentions um, for films I watched this year, but. Yeah, she's great. Um, she's got like a, a nice charm to her. It's a Lady, uh, Lady Bird is a film that's on my list. I think the reason I didn't watch it is because it wasn't on the streaming services that I was looking at at the time. So I was had to like order it, um, but I just didn't get around to it. So the note sounds like a good film. Yeah, that it's definitely worth watching. Field there. That's one that I really want to watch. I've heard that's really good as well. Well, The Edge of 17. Yeah. Yeah, that's incredible as well. Yeah, definitely worth watching. So number four for me is one that I got a lot of fucking shit for, for never watched before. I put because I, I know you've not got me on Facebook, but I post every time I watch a film, I post that, you know, I'm, I'm watching this, I'm watching that. Um, and on this one, I posted, I'm watching this for the first time ever because I've never seen it in full. I've only seen like half of it. Uh, but number four, oh. I feel bad even that I've not watched it until now. But it's the, the Goonies. What a film. I cannot believe you've got the Goonies. What the fuck? It took... <laughs> no, Goonies poster. I think I almost saw one, but I don't have one. I'm just double-checking. What a film. That's one that I was genuinely scared to watch because if I came out of that and rated it low, I would have had fucking ripped apart by everybody else that's seen it but it is worth the hype it's such a good it's pure 80s and it's early 80s too and it, you can tell like it feels early 80s like the special effects are a little rough the writing's a little rough the the cut the cuts are a little slow which you can is like a holdover from the 70s um but every single performance sean astin uh kihu kwan um josh brolin Fucking what's Corey his, Feldman? Uh, Don't leave Corey Feldman out. Corey Feldman, uh, Chunk, whoever, whoever he is. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I can't remember that yeah. guy. Then. It's something Colin and all that. All, all the Fratellis, um, including Sloth. Um, everybody just stand out. There's not a moment that isn't a standout for me. Everybody gets a time, a time to shine. The jokes still fucking hold up, as especially as somebody who's watching it in 2023 from all the way back then and everybody else has loved it all that time and I haven't seen it. I It's such a good movie. Um, it's You can see that adventurous spirit go for it all. The hey you guys, I understand it now. I understand it now. Did you dress up as sloth? Yeah. Halloween. 
Yeah. But I couldn't wear the mask because it was terrifying kids. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> During the end, I'll just walk around in the Superman shape with the suspenders. I was like a moron. You know, you looked exactly the same. Uh, <laughs> but the mask was fucking good. The mask was really good quality. I've lost it, though. Like I said, every time I do Halloween, like, fancy dress, my costume disappears. So I haven't seen it since. But it was so good. Um, really fun. Uh, some Cindy Lauper never never hurts anybody. Uh, but the actual, like, the, the actual soundtrack itself, the Goonies theme, brilliant. Um, genuine, genuinely uplifting movie with a great ending. Uh, some bits don't hold up to today's standards, just only teeny tiny bits, but for the most part, it is quite like self aware and good. So, yeah, I can't believe I hadn't watched that until this year myself, to be honest. Yeah, The Goonies is one of my all time favorite movies. I love The Goonies so, so, so much. I can't, I can't believe I didn't know this for the first time you watched it. I thought you, I didn't know that. I've that's a film I watched, I think, religiously as a kid. Um, I, I'm obsessed. I think it's just, I think it's perfect. Like, I think the entire cast is great. Like you said, one of my first ever crushes was Andy. Um, I think she's great. Is it Kerry Green? I think she's called. She's fucking awesome. Like, I had such a crush as a kid on on Andy. Um, but they, they, I think they're all fantastic. Like you said, Cindy Lauper coming in with one of the greatest movie songs of all time, in my opinion. It's quite a coincidence, actually, because I was watching a wrestling documentary earlier, and they were talking about Cindy Lauper's involvement, and I was telling Eleanor just how much I love that woman. Like, I fucking love Cindy Lauper. And The Goonies is probably where it started, because that song, I think, is insane. But, um, yeah, I, I think it's incredible. It's I think it's criminal you've never seen it before this year. That is terrible. Well, I've seen it now, so fucking get a grip. <laughs> that's terrible. That's your worst one. That's that's my biggest, that is my biggest sin. Yeah. No, I've just said a second ago that I've not watched Godfather 2, so. Goonies is better. <laughs> You're good. I'm not watching Godfather now, then. Um, yeah, I love that. I love that movie. But, like I said, I think I first watched it when I was, like, six, so it's not on my list. Um, my number four... Forward. is a movie with Robert De Niro in that I'd never seen before, but it felt like I had, because that is the king of comedy. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's, a movie is, it's the, the Robert De Niro film from the 80s, directed by Martin Scorsese, because obviously those two just make films together all the time. Um, and it's about a nutcase, essentially, who is obsessed with a talk show host. And he wants to be a comedian and he's convinced that if he gets onto this this, um, this man's talk show, um, he will become famous and successful, but he's not all there. And Sorry, one second. Are you talking about King of Comedy or are you talking about Joker? That's what I mean by it. I felt like I'd seen it before because when, when Joker came out, so many people made comparisons to Taxi Driver, which yeah. is another De Niro film by Scorsese, which is insane. I love that film so much. But I'm surprised not, many, not as much people talked about this because this one is the one that is just... It's, it's like... Bar for bar, it's just been ripped off. Like, it's so, so similar. Like, the characters are nuts. They're obsessed with these talk show hosts. They even get De Niro to play the talk show host in The Joker. Like, it's so, so similar. But De Niro is, like, this nutcase who is convinced that he's going to make it big. And he's convinced that this this talk show host, played by Jerry Lewis, is going to love him. Um, and he's he's so, like, naive to... The real world, and when people like when he keep, he keeps trying to get in to see them, and he keeps pushing away at the studio like he's busy, he's busy, and he's and he just sits outside and stuff, and he eventually kidnaps the talk show host and holds him hostage with the 
his deal that he will be allowed onto the show. And it different to the Joker, he gets to go on and he's a hit. Like he is hilarious and the crowd love him. But you watch him knowing that it's like it's all for this because as soon as he comes off, he's he's gone to prison for a long fucking time. Um but it's it's so well acted by De Niro. I think it's not one of my favourite performances from him, but I do think it's one of his best. Like he's so he he plays like psychotic so well. Um and I can see why they ripped it off for Joker because it's a really good film. Um, so, yeah, that's why this is my number four. I've never seen it. I'm going to add it to my list. Yeah, I actually only watched... I think I watched it a couple of months ago. That, I think I watched it just before Killers in the Flower Moon because I wanted to get through as many of the collaborations as possible. Yeah. Um, I think there's only a couple I've not watched now. But, yeah, I had to get this one in because I'd heard so many good things about it. It's on Disney+, Plus, so I was like... It's easy to, it's accessible. I might as well give it a try, and I'm glad I did because it was fucking awesome. Number three. Top three. Let's go. Yeah, top, yeah. And the top three for me are big movie, well, two big movies that I should have seen, uh, with number three being, considering what Robin Williams is one of my favorite actors, the fact that I had not seen Goodwill Hunting before. And I'm now finally seeing it. What a fucking film. But he's not my favourite part of the film. It's Matt Damon, again. Like, second time in this on this list, I've got a Matt Damon um, performance that I've loved. He's phenomenal. Like, I know everybody talks about um, Robin Williams in this movie, but Matt Damon is so criminally underrated in this, this film. And Ben Affleck. Obviously, they can't be apart. Um, but like everything about his character, like his whole fuck you attitude and like just trying to break the system and all that kind of stuff and not wanting to get out and slowly being convinced to to like change his life and have better things and go after the girl and all that kind of stuff. Like the fact that he can kind of be a dick about it or, as well. Like it's such a, it's a hard journey to watch because you know that he he is better than what he's got um, and he, he he refuses to kind of give that up and it takes people like Robin Williams and Matt Damon, uh, Ben Affleck to, to kind of shake him out of it. Um, the speech that Ben Affleck gives in that scene where he's like, why the fuck would you not like, why the fuck would you want to stay here kind of thing? Yeah. When he says, every time I come to get in the morning, I pray you're not there. Yeah. So, well done. so good. And all this stuff with Robin Williams, like, the story about, like, I know it's improvised, but the story about, like, his, his wife fighting in bed and all that kind of stuff. Like, it's all just really good. And it's one of them, it's a, like the next two films on my list, um, it's, I've just realised we're going to have another Matt Damon film on the list. Um, <laughs> I'm going to have three. Uh, I don't know what that could be. Do you actually not? No. I mean... Okay. Uh, like uh, the next two films on my list, like they're not like like Good Will Hunting is a is a very positive, uplifting film, but it doesn't feel it all the way through, um, and it's it's it can be quite like downbeat a lot of the times, or the message can be quite downbeat, but it feels positive all the way through, and the ending is obviously a positive ending, and he does kind of go after the girl and try to make his life better and leave Boston or whatever, but. It's such a good film, and it, it, the performances are brilliant. Um, the story is brilliant, and one of them that I genuinely—it's 
not that I feel like it's a sin that I've not watched it, but kicking myself that I've not watched it before because I could have watched this film so many times in my life now. Um, and I haven't, uh, but it's definitely one that I'm going to rewatch and rewatch and rewatch because it's such an easy watch as well. Yeah, this is a film that I watched for the first time last year as well. Um, <laughs> tell you what, though, it's so impressive to think that Affleck and Damon wrote this movie. Yeah. Like, as such young men, and they had like the fucking the skill to write such a moving story. Like, I know obviously a lot of the Robin Williams stuff is improvised, but the rest of it isn't, and it's so well written. And the story's so good. I really like this movie. Like, yeah, it's not like that. Like, Everybody wants something from Matt Damon, except for Robin Williams, who just wants him to be happy. And yeah. he's very much like a well, if you're going to say fuck me, I'm going to say fuck you kind of, kind of, kind of things. And it it gives the film a, a lot of heart, um, where it could easily been of it could have easily been played off a lot differently. But I, I really really enjoyed it. Yeah, and the scene when they go to that bar and the like the snobby college students try to act all like clever in front of him and he just tears him to fucking pieces it's one of the most satisfying movie scenes i've seen in a long time um yeah i love that movie that's a good shot that's a good choice um funnily enough my number three is a matt damon movie <laughs> hey this is a film no it's not good well i was gonna say <laughs> no no this is a film that i actually am really surprised i didn't watch until this year and that is The Martian by Ridley I've Scott. I've still not seen it. It is fucking awesome. It's essentially a bit like Castaway with Tom Hanks, yeah. but it's Matt Damon on Mars. So you just spend a large portion of the movie with just Matt Damon. And it's one of those movies where it's like the guy just gets to flex how good he is because with the wrong actor, spending so much time alone with them can be really dull and it could go so wrong. But Damon just is like, let's fucking go then. Like, I'll just entertain you alone for large periods of time and it doesn't get old one bit he's so good and like this like the scenes on mars when he's like because he's out there for a long time and he's like growing his own food and i mean there's a lot of science behind it which i'm just like like yeah. the way he plants potatoes and stuff using certain soil and stuff it's so good and then back on earth you've got sean bean who i fucking love to pieces, my fucking Yorkshire, older. my Yorkshire hero. If I'm like him when I'm older, I've done something right. Um, but yeah, The Martian is fucking brilliant. And I might go as far as to say, I mean, I've not seen too many, so it feels cheating. Like, it's not that big a shout, but I feel like this might be my favourite Ridley Scott movie above Gladiator. Mm -hmm. Like, I think it's that good. I think, Matt, I mean, like I said, Matt Damon is an actor that I like a lot, so... It's nice that I've got him on my list, and I think this performance, especially because he's on his own for su such long stretches, is one of his best. Um, yeah, The Martian is incredible. I couldn't recommend it more. I love it all. Yeah. I think that's also a Disney Plus one. It is on Disney Plus, yeah. Have you ever seen Moon with Sam Rockwell? No. That's good. What's that? That's, that's, a, that's like a one-person cast where he's stuck on the moon. And then there's a. I'm not going to tell you what the twist is, but it's a. It's a good one. See those films. It's, it's less realistic, but it is good. They're quite daunting when they've got just the one person. Like Castaway, I was very skeptical going in, but then that was great as well. I think you just got to have the right actor for it. Yeah. Like, if you've got like some random geezer, it's not going to go as well. But when you've got these fucking goats like Tom Hanks and that, then it's just it just works. So yeah. it's all about the casting with those. But yeah, I'll I'll give that Moon. Did you say it's called Moon? Cold. Yeah, Sam Rockwell. It's Sam Rockwell though. So, I mean, if you don't like Sam Rockwell, what's what the fuck is wrong with you? I don't think I've ever seen any of his films apart from Iron Man Two. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's the main one. <laughs> that's all I've seen. 
Uh, my number two is another Matt Damon. See, this, this one, I have my, no idea what it is. This is my last Matt Damon. And again, a very downbeat story, but this has got like a, a glimmer, like it's got a, an undertone of hope throughout the entire film and an undertone of positivity, but it is very downbeat and it's very um, depressing, <laughs> but really, really fucking good. Probably the, other than Goon is the biggest sin on my list and my number two this year watching it first time which i watched on the big screen i really feel like i'm hyping it up like i'm really like being a hype man for this film is saving private ryan oh god yeah i didn't i you only watched that recently right yeah yeah it was on the it was on in the cinema uh, like the re-release some anniversary release like a month or so ago probably about a month ago actually uh and went to go watch it and i'm so glad that my first time watching it was on the big screen because now it's one like Top Gun Maverick and a lot of other films. It feels like I can't watch it anywhere else now. I will only ever watch it if it's in the cinema. Because what a what a like everybody talk. I, obviously, I'm going to talk about the opening. Everybody talks about the opening, but fuck me, what an opening it is! It's just so visceral. It's so anxiety-inducing, stress-inducing. Like you feel tense watching it, but in the best way possible. And then it, even though that opening is very full on it never feel like feels like it lets up the entire movie like obviously it's quieter and it's stretched out more and you've got but you've got anxiety like enemies can kind of pop out anywhere and and stuff like that um bit vin diesel the fact that he could could act at one point was astounding to me uh, i never knew that um you know before he'd be with you like vin diesel don't you in that film yeah <laughs> that's about it um, oh, made my the... feelings on Dominic Toretto very clear. Oh, have you not been on the internet lately? Do you not know he's uh, potentially another sexual harasser? What is he? Yeah, yeah. No, I didn't know that. Um, well, then, me, then me telling me, me telling you you like him, then there's uh, <laughs> it's gone straight over your head. Yeah. All all the cast were absolutely brilliant in that in that movie. Uh, I especially love the bit where they finally find him. Uh, they finally find Ryan, and it's a different guy. It's a completely different guy, and they think Aki. It's Nathan Fillion. Uh, love that bit, and I think the only the only downside to that movie is I probably could have done without the modern day bits where it's the old guy at the grave. But I still kind of I will forgive it because it's it doesn't take anything away from the film. I personally just didn't like it. Um, but Tom Hanks's spoiler death in the in the movie just really really hits way too hard um because you just love him throughout the entire movie the the squad genuinely feels like a squad they, they all kind of the interactions between them all the language they use between them the the quiet moments between them the oh, what's his name jeffrey the the wimp i'm just gonna say the wimpy one who you know yeah, from lost yeah the guy from lost daniel yeah. faraday and lost that's all i know him as that's what I was going to say, but I thought nobody's going. You're not going to know what I'm talking about. He also yeah, plays. Yeah, he also plays um, Boulder in the newer God of War games. Um, if you didn't know that, um, you know why you're not a big gamer. Um, yeah, we'll just call him Daniel Faraday. Uh, when uh, like you know the the consequences of him wanting to let the uh, the German go and then it coming back to bite him in the arse and then him just being a fucking Piss on and 
like just being a coward and even the enemy recognizes it and won't give him death it's all these small moments that just fucking build up and it's so so good um absolutely one of the best films i've seen not only this year but ever i think and definitely i definitely regret not watching it but really happy i did watch it on the big screen because that is one of those films that everybody everybody loves and again if i'd rated it low <laughs> fuck it up i wouldn't have i wouldn't have survived that one either so yeah absolutely loved it yeah i'm jealous you got to watch that on the big screen like i can only imagine how good that opening scene was in the it series. was loud the entire cast though is so fucking good like yeah. you didn't even mention it then but like giovanni rabisi and his death scene when he's like calling out for his mum Oh yeah, so yeah. well done. Because obviously, I think I've said this before, but in movies, characters seem to have this weird bravery when they're dying, and it feels like nine times out of ten in real life that won't be the case. So when you get characters like him who are terrified, and it's a lot like they don't want to die, and they they're openly admitting that, and they're just crying out, it it makes it so much more effective. But I think he's great. Tom Sizemore again, fucking love him, my guy showing up. He's great in everything he does. I, I mean, he doesn't do much, but when he shows up, it's fucking sick. Um, the MVP of Heat as well. But um, yeah, he, it's. I love Saving Private Ryan. I think that actually might be one of my favourite Steven Spielberg movies. Um, Brian Cranston in it as well. Who, sorry? Brian Cranston in that as well. Is he one of the generals at the beginning? He's like, why should we do this mission? He I'm might like, be, yeah. Yeah, I think so. Maybe the thing is that um, 19. Yeah, I met, most of the time, I know if Brian Cranston's in a movie because as he pops up, I go, It's Brian Cranston. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, I love him. Yeah, I can't remember if he's in it, but I've not watched like Breaking Bad and that, so his presence doesn't mean anywhere near as much to me. Yeah, but um, it's his, yeah, it's his Brian Cranston. Yeah, is it? Oh, yeah, because Ted Danson's the yeah, captain. Yeah, it's a good film. It's a very good film. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Just, just phenomenal, and definitely one I'm gonna be rewatching. Even though I want to watch it on the big screen again, I'll just be rewatching it as many yeah. times as I can because that's that's one again where a friend had said you could go either way, but oh, I love it kind of thing. But yeah. if you don't, it's one of them. It's an, it, that is probably the biggest. The la, it's the last. One, I'm gonna say it's the last one on the list. This is number two, but this is the last one on the list where it's like so daunting going in because you know how well beloved it is that it's like can it live up to the hype kind of thing. And luckily, it did. I've been quite lucky in watching films this year than where it's like living up to the hype and they actually do. Yeah, well, that's why they're good films. Well, yeah, but if you don't always like, there's, there's some films that I probably watched this year that I've not liked, and everybody's like constantly said you need to watch this film, and I've probably not liked them. Yeah, yeah. I remember. I believe me, I remember you fucking Breakfast Club waiting. You just come back. What? I think you get the Breakfast Club aside three stars or something daft like that. I can't believe it. <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm gonna scroll through and see what the biggest one this year was that should have got higher rating, but I didn't like it as much. You continue. <laughs> I mean, there was Scrooge last year, which you give three stars, but you said you'd raise it. All right, it. you need That's to that. just get over it. Yeah, you say you'd raise it. So it's American fine. Werewolf in London, that was the one that I didn't like as much as I thought I was going to like. Yeah. That only got that was still a three star, though. Yeah. Paddington 2, I didn't like as much as everybody else. What's that? Paddington 2. I don't get it. I don't understand the... the obsession. Anyway, you told me not to ramble this week. So. <laughs> you are? You told me not to ramble this week. Oh, yeah. <laughs> get, get through episodes quick. 
Um, right, so my number two is a film that I had, I don't even think like I'd heard of it, but it's not one that I think has been hyped up enough. Um, so I never really got around to watching it, and I finally did. And that's Prisoners with Hugh Jackman and Jake Gyllenhaal. Oh, yeah. By... De- is it Dennis Villeneuve? I don't know how to pronounce his last name. Villeneuve? The guy that the does... The guy that did Dune. Blade Runner and Arrival. Dune now and stuff, yeah. Yeah, this film is unreal. It's... um Hugh Jackman stars as like a, a middle-aged dad and it's like over Thanksgiving, his daughter and his daughter's best friend, who I think they're like nine, are playing out on the street and they disappear. And it's about like the police looking for them, but not really having much success. So he takes it into his own hands. And obviously there's movies like that in the past, which are like action movies. There's like action movies, which is like, oh, I'm going to go find them and like shoot all these people up and stuff. But it's not like that. It's much more of a thriller. And it's, he's, he's just an an everyday man. He's not the sort of man that's going to go in and start killing everyone. Like he he doesn't know how he's not that sort of person, but he is pushed to his limits. And, Paul Dano's in it as this like really creepy um like man that lives nearby and he becomes like the main like chief suspect and Hugh Jackman's character takes it into his own hands and he like pursues Dano and he like interrogates him and stuff and Gyllenhaal finds out um and he has to get involved and it's so well done. I'm not, I won't give too much away because there are a lot of twists in it, but like just watching Jackman's character from the beginning, like just be pushed as it, the movie goes on, like gradually to breaking point and just beyond like salvation and the way like the lens he'll go to for his daughter and stuff. It's so well done. And Dano as like the creepy suspect is fucking awesome. I don't think Paul Dano gets enough love because that guy can play everything. Like yeah, he's really he good. obviously came into the forefront as the Riddler recently, which is very similar to this character, but this one's more like an incel. Like, he's just a dweeb. Yeah. Like, one that doesn't even, like, seem like he can stand up to himself. It's also got the guy who seems to be in all the films as a creep. Um, he's in the new James Gunn Suicide Squad as the polka dot man. Damon, oh. Something um, he's called. Damon. Can't remember his um, oh, oh, man. name. Oh, what's his name? I'll find it. But he's in it as another creep who they think might be involved. Um, and just the twist and the big revelation at the end, the huge plot twist, it's so well done. Um, and I've, I recommend it to anyone that hasn't seen it because mystery movies are some of my favourite ones. And they, when, when they get the twist right and the reveal, then it really takes them to another level. And I don't think this movie could have gone any better than it did. Like, I was speaking to Bernie about it because he'd seen it and I just couldn't believe it's not got more hype. I know it's one of Dennis Villeneuve's first movies, so it's not really what he's known for now. But, like, Jackman's role is so underrated. And from top to bottom, I think it's great. It's even got, is it Terrence Howard, the original roadie? He's in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He plays the dad of the other girl that goes missing and he works with Jackman's character for a while. It's just fucking awesome. I'd recommend it to anyone. David Dasmarshan. Yeah, him. He plays the creep in everything he does. Uh, and he also plays creep in this. So uh, most, un, one of the most like unfair typecastings ever. Like <laughs> the guys yeah. just play creeping everything. I like Paul Dano though. Paul Dano is great in everything that he's in. Um, but his role in Little Miss Sunshine will never be beaten, even by the Riddler. So have you ever seen Little Miss Sunshine? Uh yes, but very, very, very long time ago. I used to have it on DVD. What a movie. 
He's also really, really good in The Fablemans as Steven Spielberg's dad. A lot of attention went to Michelle Williams' character and she obviously got nominated for an Oscar, but I think he deserved a lot more love because she was like the loud, shouty character and he played it much more reserved and stuff. And sometimes I think that's the better role and the harder one to do because any actor can do the shouty stuff and over-exaggerate, but when you've got to play it like composed, it's much more difficult to put in a perfected performance the way he did. And I think he's fucking sick in it. Um, yeah, I like Paul Dano. Um, before I go to my number one, I'm going to do a couple of honorable mentions. Cool, I'll um, just mention all the ones I've got written down outside as well. <laughs> um, Little Women, watched that for the first time this year. Uh, my review of Little Women was on Letterboxd. I guess I just cry at movies now. My favorite review I've done all year, um, other than my Rebel Moon review, which I just slated it. Um, uh, See How They Run, which is uh, like a Detective movie. Search for Ronan. Search for Sam Rockwell. Um, great movie. I didn't expect much. I expected it to be like, oh, I enjoyed this. But no, I really, really, really loved it. But it came out. Um, it, I watched it this year, but it came out last year. So it yeah. couldn't make the list. Um, Tokyo Godfathers, which is a Christmas anime, which got a re-release at the cinema this year. It's about three homeless people in Japan that find a baby in the dumpster. Um, and they try and find its parents. Well, at first they try and keep it, and then try and find the parents. And it's got loads of twists and turns. Brilliant movie. Uh, the thing, like I mentioned earlier, um, fucking what a movie. Uh, weird ending, but uh, brilliant movie. Uh, the only thing that was stopping that put, being put on my list is that it just builds a, a, a flying saucer underneath the snow over the course of two or three hours, whatever. Yeah, yeah it really, really, really bugs me that does. And. Um, like I said, the town, um, and we've talked about that enough, but that's, I mean, I like Jeremy Renner and I like obviously Hawkeye. We've talked about that at length before, but like, I, even I can't deny it's probably his best role that I've ever seen him in. Um, but my number one should come as absolutely no surprise to you, considering I wrote it on the front of your Christmas present. And it oh, was- you know what? I didn't even think. My 100%, I love this movie and it's that thing you do. You, you recommended it to me multiple, multiple times. <laughs> you multiple you recommended it to me multiple multiple times and i honestly recommended it to so many people since we watched it i have nearly dropped like 100 plus quid on getting the vi- the single on vinyl because it's the only way to get it what a fucking movie it's that's the one where it's got a downbeat ending but it's so positive like it's such a the ending's a sad ending kind of but it's so joyous and happy. And I agree with you. Uh, the scene when they finally hear this song and the play being played on the radio is probably one of the most joyous, happiest, like jump. You could you feel like you want to get out, you see it and jump in excitement with them. Just brilliant. Like the music, I'd like well, I'm gonna say the music's great. The one song that they play, it's such like with Martian and Moon and that. If you've only got one actor, it's hard because you've got to focus on that one actor. You've got if you don't like them, then you're not going to get through the movie. But that thing you do has one song called "That Thing You Do," which is played on repeat more times than Back to the Future plays uh, um, "Power of Love." And if that song didn't work the whole film wouldn't work, but fortunately it's a fucking banger and it's every time you play it, you're happy that it's being played. Tom Hanks is in it and he plays 
um, you know, somebody who's a bit more of the negative character, a bit more sleazy than you kind of used to seeing. Uh, and he's great in it. The entire cast great in it. Um, just a joyous, happy, happy movie that I have, like I say, I've recommended to, I've re literally recommended it to somebody today because they're like, I want to watch a film tonight. That thing you do, um, you should watch it. It's great. Um, the best recommendation you've ever given me and probably anybody's ever given me to watch film. Uh, so I'm not letting you take credit for it, but Okay, my, number, my number one, is, yeah, my number one is a film that you made me watch. And to be fair, when he <clears throat> was like, "Oh, should we watch this?" and I was like, "I was kind of like, I don't know. It looks a bit shit. It looks like I'm not going to enjoy it because it it's very under. Like I don't ever hear anybody talk about it ever um, in any kind of conversation. But I have talked about it so much this year since watching it. Frank. So yeah, that thing you do. What a fucking movie. I. Fucking love that that's your number one. <laughs> I love that movie so much. Do you know, it's always interesting, like, do you know when you show people a film off your recommendation, you're nervous at the beginning that, yeah. oh, what if they don't like it? And I remember we were watching it, and I think we were both going, I think I needed the toilet, and I think you did, so we went up, and you paused it, so everyone that was watching with us had to wait. And you was like, I wouldn't normally pause, but I'm enjoying this. And I was like, fucking get in. <laughs> and you're right, though, because it plays the one song over and over. It, that could have got really annoying if it's yeah. any other song, but that song is so fucking good. Like, I play that in the car all the time. Ellen was probably sick of it, but I play that song all the time. One of my, like, I'm a massive, like, my favourite band is Green Day, and I didn't realise, like, he'd done an album, the lead singer had done an album over lockdown of covers, and I'd always, always kind of skipped it, so, like, I don't know this song, and I just assumed it was an old song, so when I finally watched it, I was like, Fuck! <laughs> It's a real song. So not only do I listen to the original, but now I listen to the cover as well all the time. Um, but it's, like I, I said it to my friend, because the friend who I recommended it today, it feels like if you told me beforehand it's based on a true story, I would believe you. Yeah. Because it's not like, it's not over the top like Spinal Tap or anything like that, or Eurovision, which if we're doing top films of all time, that's going to be on there at some point. Um, but um it genuinely does feel like it could be a true story. Yeah, like it's, it's all that Beatlemania kind of stuff, isn't it? Um, but it does feel like it could be a true story. And the fact that it's not just serves so well into the into the to the plot and everything. It's just it's just brilliant. Yeah, I love it so much. It was obviously Tom Hanks' directorial debut. He oh, wait, a, oh yeah, of course it was. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he does a sick job directing that movie. The entire cast is great. Liv Tyler's fantastic. Steve, is it Steve Zahn? I think is that his yeah, last yeah. name? Yeah, he's Steve Zahn's a great character. He's insane. Ethan Embry, whose character doesn't even get a name, he's just the bassist who eventually goes off to the army. He's fucking so funny in that film. Yeah. Like the scene when the song first plays and he takes his headphone out and he's like jumping up and down and he, he dances with the people in the shop. Like that scene is one of the most heartwarming in any movie I've ever seen. Like sometimes it's on YouTube, like just that entire clip. And I've, I've watched it multiple times, just that clip on its own, because I love it, it that much. I think, it, I think you were right because you said it as soon as we, we finished watching it. It genuinely is, I think, one of the not one of the the happiest moment put to film. Like, no, I don't think anything beats that. I feel like I'm proud of them, like I know them when they get that song on the radio. And yeah, dancing. yeah. It's like it's like watching your friends and you're just buzzing for them. I love it so much. A massive fucking grin on your face that entire entire way. Like, oh, what a film! It definitely deserves more love because it isn't talked about enough. But I've recommended it to a few different people now, and they've all loved it afterwards. Yeah. Um, including my younger brother who isn't really like 
they're not the sort of films he usually watches. So it was more risky at recommending it to him and he still loved it. So I think it passes the test for most people. So it needs more love. I think, is that on Disney Plus? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I mean, I might have to it. <laughs> I need to rewatch it, I think, because I love it so much. And that song is a banger. Um, also, it's got Charlie Theron. That's the first film we should watch together in the new year. <laughs> yeah, maybe. It's got Charlie Theron as well, which we didn't mention. She's great. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I love it. I love it a lot. So my number, well, actually, before my number one, I'll read out a couple that I'd written down at the side when I was making notes of all the different films I've watched. Um, LA Confidential, like I said, um, I didn't, didn't make my list, but that's a great Russell Crowe movie. Um, Fatal Attraction, I'd never seen before. That's a fucking wild movie. Have you ever seen that? Is that the Bunny Boiler one? Yeah. Holy shit, that film is terrifying. Like, it is so good. It is brilliant. Uh, Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid is another one I watched for the first time this year, which was fantastic. Um, Robert Redford and Paul Newman are great together. It's, an, it's one that was made like the 60s, but it felt like, and it looked like it could have been made 10 years ago. It was so well done in that sense. Yeah. Um, getting older, I've got one of Alfred Hitchcock's Dial M for Murder, which I thought was brilliant. Um, even getting older than that, I've got... A Christmas one that I watched this year, um, starring my guy James Stewart, my favourite actor. It's called The Shop Around the Corner. It's essentially, they remade it in the 90s with Tom Hanks, um, You've Got Mail. Okay, right. Yeah. Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan. It's essentially about the, the original. It's about two people that work in the same store, uh, the same store at Christmas, and they don't get on, but they're secretly pen pals for each other and they don't realise it. Um, and yeah. in, while they've been pen pals, they've fallen in love, and it's about that. And, the eventual reveal it's they remade it with Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan but emails instead because 90s um but the original I really really enjoyed um what else have I got written down that's it <laughs> all I've got written down yeah I mentioned earlier though that all the t- like the coming of age movies I watched yeah, this yeah. year which I loved um Le Mans 6-6 as well was another one that I watched this year. There's been loads. But like I said, when I've watched so many films, I, mean, I always try to make sure I'm what, like, I look at, like, the way I did it was I made a list a couple of years ago and it was, like, top 100 best films ever. And it was, like, the ones that are really high-reviewed. Like, so the, all the old films I go back and watch, it's because I know they've been well-reviewed and they're supposed to be yeah. good. So there's so many good movies that I could have put on this list. Like, I watched so many Al Pacino ones that could have been on there this year. Um, there's just a lot. The only film that I really, really, really wanted to watch this year that I'd never seen before was the very first original Godzilla movie. Uh, and I just, I, I just hang up the time, but also kind of holding out because I kind of want to get the big box set that's got all of the movies in and start making my way through them because I realised I just fucking love Godzilla. Like, I've always known I love Godzilla, but I just realised I fucking love Godzilla and I want to work through all the films that I... That like built the franchise kind of thing. So, you prefer Godzilla or Kong? Godzilla, it's a fucking massive lizard. We had this conversation when we watched Godzilla vs Kong together. It's yeah, but that's giant... like three years ago. I can't remember last week. You are. That's almost like three years ago. I can't remember last week. Okay, well, it's a giant fucking lizard that shoots fire out of his fucking atomic fire out of his breath. And the other is just a monkey. Now, I do like monkeys. I think the Kong movies, though, I find more enjoyable because it's about the island and stuff and all the different stuff on there, which I enjoy. Oh, the, the last... Kicking about around town. Yeah. But, um, but the other yeah. one's a giant fucking lizard, mate. Yeah, one's a lizard, one's a fucking giant baboon or something, gorilla. 
So my number one is a film I got for Christmas off my sister last year, actually, uh, right on Blu-ray, and I didn't watch it until January, uh, which is good because it means I could put it in this list. And that is an Al Pacino movie called Dog Day Afternoon. Um, It's from the 70s. It's based on a true story. It's about two men that rob a bank in America, and one of them is doing it because he wants to get the money to pay for his transgender partner to have um, surgery. Uh-huh. The transition, which considering this movie is from the seventies, it's so ahead of its time, and it's yeah. about the the bank robbers who are actually quite clueless, um, and it doesn't go to plan, and they end up stuck inside with like the police outside, and they they end up in there with these hostages for, for hours and hours and hours. But they're not bad people, so even though they're with these hostages, they're nice to them. And they end, get on a good rapport with them, and the um the one of their demands with the police and stuff outside is that they want pizza that pizza delivering so they get pizza to feed all the hostages inside and it's all women that work in this bank the only yeah. men in there are the two bank robbers um it's al pacino playing the one who wants the money for his partner who um is played by oh shit i can't remember his name that never mind i can't remember his name he's a he was a fairly famous actor back then he did the shit i can't remember Never mind, but uh, Al Pacino's well, like partner, like Robin the Bank, he's played by John Cazale, who plays his brother in The Godfather. And I've yeah. spoken about him before because he's one of the most underrated actors ever. Like the guy did five films, and all five were nominated or won an Oscar uh, for Best Picture. But sadly, he died like very young, so he only got to make the five. But this is one of my favorite roles from him, and he plays the other bank robber who's a bit more twisted. Like there's he's got a screw loose, whereas Pacino's doing it for noble means and it's just like the entire film is essentially them stuck in this bank and trying to figure things out and the way the crowd outside starts to rally around them because Pacino's so charismatic when he comes out to talk to the police and he interacts with the crowd and the crowd end up somehow turning onto his side um, it's so well done um, and because it's a true story as well and it's so ahead of its time it just it, it really it was really moving and it's hard not to root for them despite the fact they're literally committing a crime it was hard not to root for them is that um, the guy who plays the partner? It might be. What's he called? Chris Sarandon. Yeah, that's the one. Chris Sarandon's him. Because he did the Bright Night voices, film. He also voices Jack Skellington. Oh, does he? Yeah. He did the Bright Night film where he played a vampire in the 80s. Uh, that was a good film. But yeah, he plays the, the transgender partner. It's just, for a 70s movie to cover material like that, I mean, I know it's a true story, but it takes some serious bollocks to do a movie. And for Pacino to put his, like, his name to a thing like that straight after Godfather One, like it's fucking awesome. And just watching him unravel as the day goes on and like go to his wits end as he's panicking, it's 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 brilliant. I love it so much. I think in you got to kind of put your mindset in the seventies as well for Pacino to do that when it wasn't as culturally accepted as it is now. Because you, like I say, reputation then, but it really would have been putting your reputation on to play. Somebody. The thing is, as well, he'd only done the first Godfather, so he'd just come off that. Yeah. But he wasn't the household name he was after the second one, which really solidified his star power. He did this and then went into that. Like, it's a big risk. Yeah. But it paid off. It was an incredible performance by him and John Cazale, um, who played the other bank robber. God bless him. Deserves more love. I mean, he only had the five films, but to do five movies and every single one of them either get nominated or win Best Picture of the Oscars, it's it's a fucking incredible track record. 100% from my guy, John. My very first article for Agents of Fandom was literally writing about why... It John was, yeah, I remember that, yeah. yeah. 
Like, that's, I mean, I think he's so good and so underrated. Like, obviously, this isn't even the film I'm talking about, but in Godfather 2, everyone talks about Pacino's performance and what, how it's one of the best ever. But Gazelle, who plays his brother, the scenes where they're together, and I think he actually come, he's the better performer in those scenes. Like, some of them, he comes out on top, and that just goes to show how talented he was. So, yeah, shout out to him, Big Johnny. Been dead for probably like almost 50 years now, but he was with Meryl Street when he was alive, so he was winning for a while. Big Johnny. Yeah, big Johnny Cazale. Um, but yeah, <laughs> Dog Day Afternoon is my number one. Nice. That's our 10. Next. <laughs> this idea I came up with seconds before we started. The next yeah. it'd be cool to see as though we're recapping the year. We just reveal. The actor, the actress, and the director we've watched the most this year, and then the film we've watched the most times. Um, some of these might not be that surprising. So I'll go first this time. <laughs> I you my list, no. <laughs> no, I'll go first this time. So my most watched was a tie until Christmas. And it was a tie oh. between Al Pacino, funnily enough, yeah. and um, James Stewart. So my two favourite actors, which is quite fitting, I had them tied at 13 each. And then over Christmas, I watched The Shop Around the Corner for the first time, which I'd never seen starring James Stewart. So that put him to 14. And then I watched It's a Wonderful Life again. So my most watched actor is Mr. James Stewart. Uh, I watched 15 of his movies this year. Well, three of the movies on my list include my <laughs> top watched actor this year. So my most watched actor was Matt Damon. Um, and I think it shows... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think it definitely does. And do you know what? I've never really been a huge Matt Damon fan, but I've realised through doing this episode, I think I'm a Matt Damon fan because he's going to show up on another list we're doing soon as well. So yeah. he's, he's, I think he's just a, I don't know why I've just never assumed I liked it, disliked him. Just, he's just fucking great in everything he's in. Yeah, he is very good. Uh, very, very good. Surprisingly, James Stewart's my number one, and he didn't make none of his films are in my list, which is surprising. Yeah. He's also yeah. my favorite actor. Probably because you've probably you watched him hundreds of times before. Most of them, yeah. Yeah, yeah most of them. My yeah. favorite performance from Matt Damon is uh, fucking with Jimmy Kimmel, though. I'm not gonna lie. I've not seen that. You just search on YouTube um, Matt Damon like pranking Jimmy Kimmel. It's brilliant. Yeah, well, have you ever watched The Departed? No, that's on the list. But I was on the list and then somebody was like, oh, yeah, you should watch it, especially when such and such dies. And such oh. dies. I'm like, oh, fuck off. I hate that shit. Yeah. But that's a good film. That's a very good film. Damon's incredible in that. Um, my most watched actress then is actually a tie. And interestingly, one of them, I'm only giving it to one because she's a star, whereas the other one plays bit part roles in every single film. Yeah, so you, don't uh, so, want to give her, you don't want to give her any exposure. Well, it just feels cheating, doesn't it? Like she, she was in the background. It's like imagine oh, right, yeah, loads yeah. of Pixar movies, and it was like, oh, this guy that voiced these minor characters is my number one. Like, fuck that, they don't count. Yeah. So the one that I'm not counting is the woman, I think she's called Mary L. Trainer, and she plays the mum in the Goonies. All oh, right, okay. Because she also plays Scrooge's assistant in Scrooged, well, yeah. Frank Castle's the blonde woman that's kind of got a thing for him. She was in several Lethal Weapon movies, and I watched all I watched all four of them again this year. So she ended up tying for six movies um, with my other actress who I'm going with because she's a star in the world. And that's Courtney Cox, who I've watched six movies of, and it's because I watched all six screen movies this year. 
<laughs> That's the only reason. I don't think I've seen him in anything else this year. Um, I watched six Courtney Cox movies this year, and every single one of them was from the Scream franchise. If Neve Campbell hadn't left, she might have been joined too, but she I did. To, I want to know, because my most watched, and I, I don't know if you can tap on it and it tells you what films they were, but my most watched actress this year was Brie Larson. Really? It does tell you if you click on it. It does tell you. I'm going to go look now. I'm guessing that's because she's in Kong, and I watched that this year. And she's in the Marvels, so I obviously watched that this year. And she is also... Oh, she's in Fast X. Of course she is. Oh, yeah. She was good in that, actually. Do you know what really annoys me about the because like you said you get bit parts that just kind of turn up one of my least favorite actors of all time is warwick davis you've heard me moan about this before but because he like plays like all the random creatures in the background like in harry potter movies and in star wars movies and in other movies like he's always wearing a mask or something he's like always my number one rated of all time and i fucking hate it yeah he made he makes it easy i think he's in my most watched as well at the top because, yeah, he does fucking all sorts. But, yeah, I think if you click on the names, it does tell yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, found it now, yeah. Mary Ellen Trainer. this woman's called. She's in Die Hard, Scrooged, Batch the Future Part 2, The Goonies, and Lethal Weapon 2, 3, and 4. So because I've watched one of them this year, she's my joint top most watch. And I couldn't name you any of her roles, apart from the... Uh, the yeah. Saving Private Ryan, Oppenheimer, Ford versus Ferrari, Goodwill, Hunter, and Interstellar, all in that name. Right, well, we'll move on then to the most watched director. And have you watched one? Is have you got one that's like a clear standout, or is it just like is the one that you watched a lot? What director? Yeah, yeah, it's um, yeah, the rest is like two, but with him, it's um, four. Oh, I think I know who that is. Watch as many films as you do. I think I know who that is. Go on, where's Craven? No, because I didn't. I didn't. I don't log. You don't put them if you have. If you you don't put rewatches, do you? I don't. I don't do re. If I did rewatches, it probably wouldn't be Rescuers, Craven. Yeah, because if you'd put those three with those four with Nightmare. Yeah, if it if it was, it would have been Res Craven. If I do rewatches, or even him or Zack Snyder, but it's not. It's Steven Spielberg this year, and I'm quite happy. I'm quite happy with having Steven Spielberg as my top, and that's because I watched uh, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Jaws and Fablemans. Jaws, that was a good rewatch. Good, uh, that was a good one. Yeah, didn't quite make the list actually. That should be on my honorable mention. Is this the first time you watched it this year? That's the first time I watched it this year. Yeah, I love that film. Um, Yeah, Steven Spielberg's my second um, second most watched, but he's one of the best directors ever. So, not a bad person to have as number one. My number one's actually Alfred Hitchcock because at the very start of the year, I bought. this box set in CEX and it was like two pounds and it had like 15 Alfred Hitchcock movies in. So I watched a lot of them at the start of the year. Um, I watched 11 Alfred Hitchcock movies this year. Christ. Yeah. And Steven Spielberg came second with nine. So they weren't far off. Um, But yeah, if you ask me my favorite directors of all time, it'd be like Hitchcock, Spielberg and Scorsese. So I'm quite glad that one of them is number one. I just think I just have a look. I mean, that Dial M for Murder that I just mentioned that I had an honorable mention for in my top 10 films that was Hitchcock. Yeah, um, see what else I watched. I mean, I know I watched 
Rear Window because that's one of my favourite films ever. Um, I watched Rope as well, which I really like. Uh, and then the rest were all first-time watches. Uh, Shadow of a Doubt, Strangers on a Train, To Catch a Thief, Rebecca. Some good movies, but um, his best I've seen plenty of times, like Psycho and North by Northwest and Vertigo. So none of them were first-time watches this year, which is why I didn't make it into my top ten. And my most watched film, which will surprise no one. Oh, my God. I wonder what it's going to be. Is, do you want to try pointing to it, or do you think you're going to screw it up again? <laughs> you just how? How? What are you doing? Oh, they, see me pointing at it is actually me pointing at my door, so it, it weirds me out. But yeah, there it is. Back to the Future. I watched Back to the Future four times this year, which actually isn't as much as I thought it would be. I think all four times came in the first half of the year, um, and I haven't watched it since because I've been watching other films for the pod and then Halloween and Christmas, so I might need to rewatch it soon. Starting to forget what it, what happens. Um, but yeah, Back to the Future four times. Why don't you do one of them things where it's like if you start Back to the Future at a certain time, he will travel back uh, to 1985 at exactly midnight or something. I should do. I don't know. I don't, I don't know how to figure it out. It'd be serious effort. But I'd have to watch it, time it, and then re-watch it, which I wouldn't have too much of an issue with. Um, but yeah, that's my number one at four times. What's uh, your number Well, one? I don't log re-watches. Um, but the one that uh, I know I watched the most, so this is me going off my head, which is never trust trustworthy, is uh, I watched this three times in the cinema and then once when it came to Blu-ray and I've been itching to watch it again since. So, And I love it so much. It's a film that came out this year and it's Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Mutant Mayhem. Oh. I fucking love that movie. So I still watch that. It's brilliant. It's so good. It does for the ninja. Like I don't know if you're a big Ninja Turtles kid when you was younger or now, but it kind of does for the Ninja Turtles what Spider Verse kind of did for Spider Man. It's brilliant. I don't want to kind of give anything away. It's very obviously like young oriented, but it's got some of some of the best action in any animated movie I've ever seen, including Spider Verse. So. Yeah. Love that movie. Yeah, I will it's give it a watch. Great artistic style as well. It's brilliant. Yeah, yeah, it's something I will watch. I used, I did used to like watching the Ninja Turtles as a kid. I fucking buzzed off Leonardo as a kid. I thought it was class. I'm a Mikey boy. But uh, yeah, I've not watched it, so I'll have to give that a watch. It's brilliant. Movie. What's it on now? Is it on any streaming stuff or not? I don't know. I don't know. I'll figure it Probably out. Probably Amazon. Yeah, I'll figure it out. But yeah, that brings that to an end then. Uh, we've got our top 10 first watches. Our most watched actors, directors and films. Um, some good stuff there. Some very good fucking movie talked about. So You were saying that because my number one is the one that you recommended to me. Yeah, fucking great, great movie. <laughs> what a beautiful movie. Uh, so yeah, if you guys haven't watched most any of them, then we definitely recommend you do because we've just named some fucking bangers. Um and we hope you enjoyed the episode. So you might as well watch them as well. Yeah, exactly, because our opinions are very Oh, important. yeah. You know what we're talking about. Yeah. So if you guys want to follow us on our social media, the information will be below, I believe. It always is. Yeah, I don't know why I always doubt it. I always have to double check, and I don't know why. Um, but if you're watching this on YouTube, please feel free to like the video and subscribe to the channel. Um, if you're listening to it on any of the podcast channels, 
um, then please feel free to subscribe if you haven't already. And I think, if nice you rate, I think if you rate it five stars, you put into a prize draw. I'm not going to go into details as to what the prize draw is, but just put, just give it five stars just to just in case. Yeah, just take his word for it. Someone <laughs> who's worked, as someone who's worked with Nathan in the past, I know his word means a lot. <laughs> But yeah, we hope you enjoyed that one, guys. And we will be back, I might as well say it now, with a special episode very, very, very soon where we are going to be naming our favourite movies from 2023. We're going to rank our top 10 movies from this year just gone uh, to celebrate the new year. So we shall see you very soon and we hope you enjoyed this one. Peace out. Bye.